Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. We are bringing on a fireman paramedic who has hopes and dreams of playing professional hockey in his 40s. Kevin Porter onto the podcast. And this was an awesome, awesome episode. Just so inspiring, so many life lessons. And and, uh, you guys are just going to absolutely love this one. So a little bit about Kevin's background. He grew up uh, right outside of Toronto in Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, Played minor hockey up that way. Left the game at 16 years old after his grandmother and his mom passed away. Uh, pretty suddenly uh, and then just rekindled his his love for the game in, in later years and became a paramedic and fireman in between those two times had a near-death experience as a fireman where he fell through uh, a floor um, and uh, just kind of went with that and said I'm gonna pursue my dream of something that I love and and that's to play professional hockey and so we go through his entire journey and all of the stuff that he has learned along the way and uh, just a really really cool uplifting inspiring episode that we have here uh, but before we do get over to Kevin let's bring on the talent of the podcast Jeffrey Lavecchio Vex what's up today you got some big stuff going on with that shirt you got on there huh big stuff big stuff hot Carl What's up, fam? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited, man. Last week, I signed a deal to be a sponsored athlete with First Form, uh, one of the biggest supplement companies in the world, and they're out of St. Louis. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, you know, I was with Ghost the last three years, and it was amazing, amazing company, amazing owners. My girlfriend is a huge uh, uh, Ghost athlete and um, had her own supplement collaboration with them. Um, the owners are hockey players. They love hockey. Uh, they used to win at Johnny's in Chicago every <laughs> year in men's league. And one of them still lives in Chicago, Ryan. And the other one, Dan lives out in Vegas. And, you know, now they're, they're playing men's league out in Vegas too. Um, they're absolute beauties. I was actually in Vegas with them both, um, this past weekend, but, uh, because first form just got a bunch of informed choice supplements, which means that, um, totally certified, okay to have for any college athlete, any pro athlete. That was a massive uh, thing that I needed to have since now I train mostly college and pro athletes. Um, so I made the switch to first form last week and, and couldn't be more excited to see where I can uh, go with that company and help more people get, you know, super high quality supplements that um, are going to help them get more out of their, their brains and bodies. Brains and bodies. Yeah, baby. That's you. All brains, all bodies. All brains, lots of body. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More body. Yeah, probably probably more more body than brains. The brains brains a little little soft at times, you know, but that's okay. (laughs) That's why I wear a helmet when I walk around. (laughs) (laughs) Lord Helmet. What was that? Spaceballs, that movie? Spaceballs. That's good stuff. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, so dude, what did you think of this conversation, man? I mean, so neither of us know Kevin, we just kind of follow him on social media. And, uh, if you, if you don't follow him on, on Instagram, uh, very good follow. Uh, he goes kind of through his journey and he's a fitness, fitness guy too, which, uh, which Vex, I know you very, very much respect. Um, but this was just a, just a really cool conversation to be able to have. And, and, uh, you know, in this, in this world that we're living in that where, and we talked about it, like people love to make excuses. People love to blame other people and cast blame and doubt and fail to look in the mirror and, and take responsibility and accountability for themselves. Like here's a guy that is the antithesis of that. 
like the absolute antithesis of that. I mean, what he's doing and trying to be a professional hockey player in his forties, uh, is, is not easy and probably has people who kind of shake their head at him and, and, you know, put up their nose and, and things like that. But like, he doesn't care. He's, he's out to do what he loves and he's going to put everything he has into it. And I think more of us can, can, can benefit from this type of mentality that he has. And it was just a really, really cool conversation. hundred percent. I mean, I've been following Kevin on, on LinkedIn. And I think I said this on the podcast or maybe I said it to him, you know, before or after, but like, I've been following him on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram um, for a couple of years now. And, you know, obviously what he's doing is, is trying to do is, is extremely hard trying to play, you know, in some of the, the higher level pro leagues, like the East coast league or, or over in Europe or somewhere. And it's not easy. And honestly, the chances of successfully doing it are probably very low, but he's doing it and he's giving it his all and he's giving everything to it. And I just think that this is like you said, a lesson that so many more people need to listen to and take to heart and, and live this type of lifestyle. You know, you, you, you literally only live once. So why not? Like, why, why not you? Why can't you be the, the exception and why, why not try it? Because you never know what could happen. And then on top of that, like we say on the podcast, I have had so many good things happen in my life when I failed trying to do something because I, I went all in, I got, I gained wisdom from my failure or I met people along the journey or, you know, I almost made it here and I wound up making it here and here actually, you know, made me more successful in other areas of my life or made me more money or this or that. Like so many good things happen when you live that give more, be more life, baby. That's true. If you give more, you can be more. You will, you will be more, you will be, you know, and, and that's obviously what, what Kevin is doing. And I respect the hell out of him. And, um, you know, I, 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 it's a cool journey to watch. I mean, his videos are sick. Like, dude, this guy trains hard. I've watched tons of his training videos, watched him skate with his, you know, skills coach, skating instructor, watch him do his workouts. He's a bad mama jamma, man. Bad mama jamma. Yeah. It's, it's weird. So like, so Emma and I, Emma, my wife, for the listeners who do not know her, um, but we talk, you know, we're new parents now. We got kids that are four, two and three months old. And, and so you start to talk about parenting and what you want to, you know, how you want to parent your kids and things like that. And, and uh, one of the things that we always talk about in what we want to do as parents is we feel like it's our responsibility to help our kids find their passion. If there was any other thing that I would want to accomplish as a dad for my three girls, it's to help them and support them to find what they absolutely love to do. And like, it's not my dream that they're going to live. It's not my wife's dream that they're going to live or anybody else's, but putting them in situations and experiences where they can try a lot of new things and then figure out what it is that they're passionate about. And for me, that was like five years old. <laughs> like I knew I wanted to be an angel hockey player at five. Um, for other people like Kevin, it, it, and it's the same dream. It's a professional hockey player. It happened at a much older age. Um, and so I just, I don't know, man, like as a parent, isn't that all we can do really? Like if we truly want our kids to be happy and be successful, whatever successful is, I'm not talking about making lots of money or making professional sports or being the best at something. I just feel like successful means whatever it is to them, whatever they think successful is. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, dude, 100%. I just, like I said, I, I have learned and I've seen this from so many other people in my life that when you truly have something that you're trying to attain a goal a mission you know whatever it is like and you put yourself all out there like so many other good things happen whether you, whether you achieve that goal or not like you learn so many lessons you gain so much wisdom whether you make it or you fail or you you know you learn how to do it better there's just so many positive things that come from like living this lifestyle and it's something that I've been doing since, you know, and you did like, uh, since, since our, we had a goal that was tremendously, you know, odds against us trying to play very difficult yes. college hockey. And then even after that pro hockey, like that, that is one in a, whatever thousands chance, hundred thousand, whatever it is. I don't even know, like, but by selling out and, and giving our all, like, you know, 
you, you work in hockey now because of it. You didn't make it to the NHL, but you make a living off of hockey, you know, and you're helping tons of people all over the world do things that they like, you know, it's, it's so many positive things happen. And I just, I wish more people would, would live this way. Yeah. You know, I being five foot four and had the opportunity to, to play college hockey and have a pretty successful career in playing college hockey. Um, if you look back and, and I'm sure you would feel the same way. Like, I, I think I was blessed. I've said this on the podcast before I was blessed with some gifts um, that were not in any of my control, but I think the reason why I got to where I got to as a five foot four kid from Chicago is number one. I loved it. Like that was it. I just, I loved it. I couldn't think I was obsessed with it. It was something I thought about all the time. Um, and it was just something that I had a passion for, but I think the second thing, and, and it's probably the more important thing and leads to the first thing is that I had an incredible support system along the way. I had parents that were loving and, and supported me on the path and never made it too hard for me. I mean, they challenged me and when I didn't work hard, I, they let me know, but like, um, it, it was never something I always just, I had great friends. I had great parents. I had great teammates. I had great coaches and without that support system, nothing ever would have happened, you know? And I would imagine we didn't really get into it with Kevin on the podcast, but I have to imagine that he has friends and family that are accepting and, and, you know, very supportive of, of a dream that he has that most people would laugh at. Um, and for you, I know the support system that you had growing up. And, and I would imagine that the two things that I feel like made me successful in my hockey career are very similar for you too. 100%. There's 0% chance I would have gone anywhere in hockey without my mom and dad and all that they sacrificed and, you know, helped me time, energy, money, you name it. They sacrificed. But it's your mom, it's your mom and dad and your sister and, and your grandparents friends, and your friends and friends and, who understand like, oh yeah, we'll wait an extra hour for you to go to the party. Cause I know you got to work out, you know, yeah. like those kind of people, like, you know, that's somebody helping you, not, not trying to do the opposite and pull you down. No, man, don't go work out. No, just come to the party with us. Like you get, you know, you do it tomorrow. Like those aren't the people that are helping you reach your goals. That's not the inner circle you want. So yeah. those guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, Hey, now this was, this was an awesome podcast. This was a, a cool conversation. One of those conversations we came out of like, yeah, I think I got better today. I got a little bit more perspective, a little more life perspective. And, and I think I got better today. So hopefully you guys feel the same way. And, and Kevin did a documentary on his journey. It's called relentless. You can Google it and, and find right out. It's like a four part series of uh, that spanned a couple of years uh, on what he's trying to do. And, and so we encourage everybody after you listen to the podcast to go and, and watch that. Um, so go ahead and do that. And before we do get over to Kevin, we have some people to thank here. So Vex, you want to uh, gel sticks it up? Thank you to Gel Sticks, our title sponsor. Been with us the whole, almost the entire way we've been doing this podcast. Great people, great partners. G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Again, that is G-E-L-S-T-X.com. You can use our code Think Tank, one word. Think Tank, one word, for a discount on your specialty weighted training aids. They got hockey sticks. They got lacrosse sticks. And they've got golf clubs, all to help you be a better you. GelSticks.com. That might've been my best one yet. Give me some yeah. props on that one. <laughs> that was, that was money. I think you just gave gel sticks their tagline too. What was this thing that you said at the end there? I have no idea what I just said. A better you out. or something like that. <laughs> I don't even know. It was, it just came out. Okay. So you got to do the same thing for train heroic now. And you have to do a tagline for train heroic at the end. Oh, Ready? Man. I'm putting you right on the spot. Go. All right. We also want to say thank you to train heroic. This is the app that has changed Jeff's life along with, thousands of others across the world through train heroic i have been able man i just don't feel this one damn it but anyways through train heroic i've been able to write programs for junior teams i have seven junior teams i'm working with currently as their strength coach two ushl two null um and a couple of ehl teams as well as a midget team uh all all unbelievable videos demonstrations coaching through everything team um chat groups with myself unbelievable they've changed my life they've allowed me to show and work with so many athletes all across the world so thank you so much train heroic and if any of kevin's firefighter buddies are listening to this all firefighters uh, across the world teachers doctors 
EMS, first responders. I offer all of my online training for both you and your immediate family, 50% off. Every military single training, too, right? Military as well, veterans, um, any anybody like that, please just DM me. I'll send you the codes for your young athletes online training needs. Or if you want to join my train with me team, which I know uh, I have a bunch of veterans that currently do it, some police officers. I have a bunch of firefighters on the team. Um, and they all said it's helped them in their line of work. The Train With Me program is my personal workouts and that will make anyone into a savage and immediately better at life. <laughs> so, immediately better at life. That will be the tagline for that one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Build confidence, your glutes and your biceps. That's what oh, we're looking for here. Okay. Uh, last one. I'm, we're going to put you on the spot here for icehockeysystems.com to tagline at the end. All right, here Ready, we go. <clears throat> set, Go. Tof and Jeff would also like to take this moment to thank IceHockeySystems.com. IceHockeySystems.com have partnered with the Hockey Think Tank website that Topher created to offer all of his exclusive content on IceHockeySystems.com. We also, and by we, I mean Topher, has created the Parent Guide Hockey Book. Hockey, hockey <laughs> Guide Book. Yeah. Parent, parent Hockey Guide. With this guide, I saw survival systems. guide, the hockey survival parent guide. survival God. guide. There you go. The the parents survival guide for hockey. This thing, I'm gonna break character here because this thing is so important. I can't tell you how many coaches in youth hockey or organizers that I have talked to, team managers that have said that this thing has literally changed the way that they run the organizations. It is unbelievable. And you can get it through icehockeysystems.com. There we go. Look for the associations tab on their website and you can get all the drills, all the blackboard or not blackboard, all the whiteboard drawings um, of drills, all the whiteboard systems drawings from people like Ben Eves, who we've had on the podcast, Dennis Savard, NHL Hall of Famer, uh, myself plug. Um, but it's uh, it's a great website and you can use it with your entire organization. And so we encourage you to go there as well. A lot of people on the internet nowadays, you know, can help go to train heroic app on the phone, ice hockey yep. systems website here we go and uh and then podcast let's get to it <laughs> so uh without further ado guys you guys are gonna love this one uh kevin porter fireman paramedic and still trying to be a professional hockey player in his 40s awesome awesome stuff very inspiring conversation so without further ado here we go with kevin porter Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast, right outside of beautiful T.O. Toronto in Burlington, we have Kevin Porter on the pod. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm well, yourself? I am doing good. Anytime I get a chance to talk some hockey, talk some stuff, and uh, be around this uh, big, thick, strapping young man of Jeffrey Lavecchio, I, uh, you know, get excited. So... <laughs> Uh, well, good stuff. Well, Kevin, your, your story is, uh, is one that, that came across us uh, on social media and you have a documentary out on your journey called Relentless and uh, just a really, really interesting story. And, and Vex and I love having people on here that just have the ability with their story to inspire people to be at their best and, and really fall in love with what they do. And for a lot of times, that's the game of hockey, especially with our podcast here. So um, I, I want to dive into that really, really, really deep because uh, it's, it's awesome. And like we talked about beforehand, I'm not completely and totally familiar with the story. So I'm looking forward to, to really getting into the nitty gritty like our listeners here right now. Um, but you grew up right outside of Toronto in, in Kitchener, a uh, great suburb of Toronto, big hockey town, Kitchener Rangers. We've had Mike McKenzie, who's the GM of Kitchener, uh, on as well as Joe Birch. And, uh, so just an awesome hockey town and you grew up out that way. Was it the Rangers that kind of got you into the game? Yeah, I, I can remember as a kid, you know, going to, you know, Ranger games and like, you know, one of the craziest Ranger games I ever went to was Niagara Falls Thunder. They played in the, in the playoffs and it just, you know, to, to pack the odd with, you know, six, 7,000 people. And, you know, the Kitchener hockey fans are super passionate. It's like in London, right. All over Southwestern Ontario. 
Um, it's just, just a super fun environment to be around and, you know, growing up with a game and that was the team you aspired to play for as a hometown guy growing up. And, uh, um, you know, that's what I was going for at the time. So. Awesome. So, uh, so not Leafs Leafs are, they're struggling a little bit right now. What's going on up in Ontario? Are people okay? <laughs> it's been a tough yeah. go for the, for the Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you hear about what happened to the Growlers today? No, what happened? They got they got kicked out of the, uh, the building. I haven't read the full story. I don't want to say too much until I, you know, know all the facts, but they, uh, they're going to be playing in Toronto for a little bit now. Oh, wow. So they have all three of their teams out in Toronto then? It's kind of convenient, isn't it? I guess so. <laughs> Maybe they did that on purpose. <laughs> Guy trying to get a tryout. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, I know a few of the, the gentlemen on the team and I just, I just hope they're okay. Cause I know they really love it out there. And, uh, um, I have some family out in Newfoundland and yeah, whatever's going on. I just hope everyone's okay. And, uh, you know, they can just have, keep having fun and keep producing and, uh, and having a good time developing. So for sure, for sure. Well, uh, getting back to, to your story here, you know, growing up in Kitchener, big hockey town and stuff like that. Talk to us a little bit about what your youth hockey experience was like as you were trying to, you know, go up the ranks and, and eventually potentially play for the, the OHL team in your town. Well, I was a little guy, right? I was the, the runt of the litter growing up. So there we go. You know, there we go. Now you're speaking my language. It was just, uh, you know, it was a different timing. And, you know, you had to be six feet tall when you were 15 years old and, you know, uh, didn't have access to a stretching machine. So it was, uh, it was challenging. I played double A my whole life. I never played triple A hockey. And uh, yeah, I just, I guess, you know, it was the usual kids back then. We used to go to hockey school for a week in the summer and then tryouts were in the fall. And then you made the team. Now everything's backwards. You go to your shooting coach, your skating coach, your stick handling coach, your flex stretching coach. Like you have a coach for everything now and tryouts are in the spring and teams are formed. You train all summer. It was just the opposite growing up when I was young. So um, yeah, my minor hockey career was a lot of fun. And then, uh, like you said, I got to that point when I was 16 and things kind of fell apart with the family and, and with hockey but, um, you know, I found my way back and, and I've had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, you certainly did. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's really inspiring how you, you, you came about to, to that point, but, you know, we have a lot of kids that listen to this podcast and Jeff and I have always been very open about some of the tougher times in, in our lives and our careers and, and how they became, you know, motivating factors for us or inspirations for us to, to eventually get to where we got to. And, and just talking before the podcast, you know, you at 16 had had a couple really tough life situations happen to you. And so if you can, can you just kind of talk to us a little bit and talk to our listeners about, um, you know, that year for you and just how difficult it was and maybe some of the things that you did to, to try and help ease the pain and, and try to get out of it. Yeah. So, I mean, well, uh, let's, let's rewind here. So, you know, going back to, um, to 92, so, you know, 91, late, late 1991, I knew that my Nana was sick and my, my Nana was very close with us. Um, my, my mom's side of the family, they're all from England and, and my Nana lived with us for a number of years. So she moved out, she's got her own little apartment and, uh, but my Nana was always around me. So I, I always had two moms and I basically lost, I mean, I lost both my moms, you know, um, one after another within three months. So, you know, it would have been easy, I guess, to turn to drugs and, and other, you know, things and kind of go down that road, which it happens to a lot of people. And, and, you know, it's a coping mechanism at the time and, and, you know, but if it, it gets a little bit out of control, it can really hurt you. And I was lucky that way. I, uh, I've always been super, super into fitness. I've been in, you know, karate kickboxing since I was like, you know, 10 years old, so I had lots of outlets for, you know, pain and, and anger and, um, you know, the gym was my, was my go-to, um, you know, as I was going through that, obviously my, my scholastic career wasn't the greatest. I mean, I failed gym class. Okay. Kevin Porter failed gym. How, I, how, do you, how does one fail gym? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, listen, I'm going to, especially someone so into fitness as you. <laughs> I'll humble myself because I think it's funny now I can look back on it with two gym studs like yourselves, but I failed gym. You know why? Because I bag off and go to the real gym downtown Kitchener because I wanted to lift weights. I didn't want to do the beep test 50 times a month. Or <laughs> you know, 
just, I needed, but I needed coping mechanisms. And, you know, I joined Gold's gym, downtown Kitchener uh, with a bunch of my buddies and, you know, everybody became hardcore lifters and we got into bodybuilding and, and that was honestly, man, it was my savior, like lifting weights. And and then, you know, I, I was still going to kickboxing a couple times a week and, um, you don't really have an angry bone in your body when you leave boxing or kickboxing or Muay Thai or the gym when you're training as hard as I was. Um, so that, I think that kept me on the straight and narrow quite a bit. Um, but then, you know, hockey, I just, after the injury, when I was 16, like in the fall. So when mom died, March 31st, and I was all in all summer for hockey. I went to the AAA camp. Um, I was about 190 pounds, very strong, very quick. Um, I was ready for that time and that style of hockey that was, you know, hitting, fighting. It was, it was crazy back then. And I was ready to go. And I had like the world of anger on my shoulders and then, you know, but a two handed chop on the hand, I broke my thumb and, uh, up my wrist. So I was in a cast for eight weeks. Um, and that was that for that year of hockey. And then I think, think it just got away on me. I, you know, I started working and then I went back to school to become a paramedic and, um, had to do some upgrading my marks cause I dropped out of high school. Um, couldn't focus on any, um, you know, any sort of school work. I hated the, the, the schoolwork as it was anyways. And with trying to deal with all the stuff with my mom's passing and a, a, there was a lawsuit against the company and a bunch of things happened. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, immersed myself in weights and working. So. I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because I think it's such a relevant topic today, especially with just what came out in the NHL with Jimmy Hayes. Um, Jimmy Hayes was, uh, an NHL player that, um, passed away unexpectedly and the toxicology report just came out and he had fentanyl and cocaine in his system when, when he passed, um, and you mentioned that the coping mes- mechanism that a lot of kids today go to is, is drugs. Um, and it, it's just so available now for, you know, pretty much anybody that that is a way that people do that. But the way that you got around it was you dove into fitness and Vax, I want to bring you in on this because we've had, I don't know how many conversations and you've talked on the podcast all the time about how fitness was like your saving grace, you know, and, and it is for a lot of people. And just, I don't know if you choose your coping mechanisms, if your coping mechanisms choose you. Um, but I just think it's a really relevant topic, especially for the kids that are listening to this right now, because we all are going to go through ups and downs and some people's ups are a lot higher and some people's downs are a lot lower than, than other people and finding that right coping mechanism for you to deal with, whether it's the high or whether it's the low, the pain, whatever it may be. It's just such a, such an important part of our maturity and maturation process growing up. So Vex, like, I know you talk about this and you're very, very passionate about this right now, especially with COVID and, and everything that's going on. So can you just like elaborate on what your feelings are about that? Well, I think aside from all of the obvious health benefits that I'll get to in a second, I think, uh, I think what Kevin said is something super important. He went into the gym or the kickboxing or Muay Thai, he went in angry and he came out never being angry, no angry bones in his body. I think he said word for word. And I find that to be so unbelievably true. And I think like people who are super into fitness, uh, I don't know. I think, I think the world is backwards with, with some of the, uh, um, you know, I might anger some people here, but like, you know, love your body. And yes, I totally agree with that. You should totally love your body, but, but obesity is not healthy. Obesity increases the risk of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, all of these different things, Uh, death from COVID. It's one of the major factors. So like, like getting into fitness, whatever your, whatever your reasons are, there are so many different things in your life that will change from getting into fitness and caring about it. And one of them that people don't think about is the emotional um, benefits. And there are so many, when you, when you exercise vigorously, your brain literally releases a bunch of positive chemicals to put you in a better mood. Like it's wild. And I think that that's why so many people in the fitness industry are so happy and so outgoing and want to help other people because they get all the anger out in the gym. You know, I know that that's not very scientific sounding, but to break it down, I think that that truly is like a big, big deal. Um, I know myself and I you brought up coping mechanisms and obviously no matter what you choose as, as a coping mechanism for the, for the bad times, 
um, doing it to an unhealthy extent of anything, you know, too much of anything is going to be unhealthy, but as long as you're, you know, not going overboard with it. Like for me, I always thought, all right, if I have a bad game, what did I do? I'd go to the gym because I was angry and I had played with a ton of guys who'd get angry and they'd hit the bottle or they'd hit the sleeper pills or something like that. And I just kept t- talking to those guys or, or, and, and, you know, rationalizing with myself. Well, if I'm going to be angry, at least I'm going to do something that's going to make me better as a hockey player and also like release my anger and then, you know, physically give me all these healthy benefits. So I used exercise and training as, as, you know, a bad game. I'm going to the gym, you know, break up with a girlfriend. I'm pissed off. I'm going to go to the gym because I knew I was going to feel better. And I knew after, like, like Kevin said, I wouldn't have uh, an angry bone in my body plus when you break it with the girl you go to the gym you look good for the next one (laughs) (laughs) respect it i love it uh that's good stuff well i think that that's you know that's such a like i said an important topic to talk about in in today's day and age and and uh it's it's you know the the problem that we're seeing with opioids and drug overdoses and drug addiction i mean it's only going to get worse and and i think one of the biggest counter punches to that is fitness like you said guys and uh i hope that that's a message that gets across to, to everybody, but, you know, moving along a little bit. So after, after you kind of stepped away from the game, Kevin, you, you got into uh, being a paramedic and being a firefighter and I'm big into team building. Like it's part of my business. It's something that I read a lot about. It's something that I love to talk to people about and study. And so for like the guys that I know, and I've a couple professional hockey player buddies, one of my roommates from college who played in the NHL, he's a fireman up in uh, the Vancouver area right now. Um, they say it's the closest thing to being on a hockey team that you can have for not being on a hockey team, just the camaraderie and the accountability. And, you know, you have to each have a role and and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, how has being a fireman and being a part of that, you know, industry and team, um, how has that kind of like helped you to relate to being a better hockey player and see what you can do better from like a hockey standpoint with a hockey team too? Well, I, I think, I mean, there's so many things that are, you know, inter interrelatable, interchangeable with, with, you know, 911 services and, and, you know, the hockey world. And, you know, as we talk with specifically the fire service um, to hockey, it's, you know, obviously the camaraderie, but, um, you know, you look at, you know, a fire truck, like a hockey team, we all have a job to do, right? We look at the fire truck as a big toolbox, um, and everyone's got their, you know, I'm more of a medical guy because, you know, with a, being a paramedic. So other guys are super good with tools. Other guys are, you know, um, you know, they're electricians or they're construction guys outside of work, or they were framers or mechanics. So, you know, when you add in all those moving parts, uh, it makes for a real efficient, you know, it, the engine runs well. I also think, I mean, with the fire service now, I mean, I've been with Brampton fire for, you know, 19 years you work with such a, you know, I worked for three emergency services. I worked for two paramedic services also. And you work with so many different people on a, you know, a weekly, monthly basis. You know, you learn to adapt to different people, um, you know, physically speaking, how they work, emotionally, how they are, how they react. You get to learn how to read people and react. Um, I'm reading reacting to strangers every time I go to work, especially on the ambulance, right? Um, and I think also the mentoring of younger firefighters as well as it kind of likens you know to the rink where you know I probably would be the oldest guy on any hockey team I got called to play with right now and I'm okay with that right so I'd be but you know I'd be the new guy so I you know I pick up the pucks I do all those things that the new guy does because just that's just how I am but I feel like I could mentor guys in other ways as well and and you know it goes both ways because I'm going to be asking them I'm like you know what plays the coach drawing up next or how does he want you to do this? So like, I think it's a good give and take. And, um, you know, that a lot of the parallels I can draw between the fire service and hockey and it's made it a lot easier too when I've gone to play. So that's awesome. And then on the other side of it, like how much has your success as a paramedic and fireman been, um, a part of like you growing up in hockey? Like, would you say that like, the things that you learned growing up and playing hockey have helped you to achieve really important things in, in that line of work now too. 
Yeah, I would say so. And, and you just, you know, like on the reverse side, on the flip side of it too, right? Growing up playing hockey, you know, you're, like I said, now you're playing with all these different players and coaching philosophies and, and training and hard work. You know, I mean, it's not easy being a hockey player and that carries over into other things in your life, you know, especially when you get, you know, when people are interviewed for, you know, fire emergency services, police work, um, paramedic, quite often they're asked, you know, do you belong to any teams? Do you play any team sports, especially with the fire service and police service. Um, and, and it's a big um, bonus to have if you're applying to these professions because they're so relatable. So yeah, I think growing up, definitely being part of teams, um, you know, different teams, good teams, bad teams. I can honestly say I was on one winning hockey team as a kid and uh, Brian Oldfield and Scott Goldie were my line mates. Like I still remember them. That's, that's how good of a year it was, but I, I never played on winning teams. So um, I think that also drives me to, uh, to no end now because I'm trying to push myself and, and, and offer up something, um, you know, productive. So. It's so cool. And I, uh, first want to start off by saying thank you for your service. Like, yes, sir. I, I always wanted to be a fireman. Um, when I was younger, it was either I'm going to be a fireman or a pro hockey player. And towards the end of my career, I was thinking, Oh, maybe, I, maybe I'll try and be a fireman. And, but then I just realized 14 concussions will not help anybody in a fire. If, I, if I'm laying on the ground, cause a stiff breeze knocked me out or something. Sure. Um, but as a first and foremost, thank you for your service. I, I absolutely love it. And, um, we, when I was playing the American league, we went and trained with firefighters uh, in San Antonio for a day. And I just thought it was so cool. And I saw the camaraderie. I saw the teamwork. I saw how much, you know, they, they put into their jobs. And um, I I wanted to ask like selfishly, like do firemen work out? Like, can you work out? Because you can be, if you're on call and like, you got to go to a fire at any moment, like, how does that work if you just like crushed yourself, like running shuttles or lifting weights? Like, how, how do you guys get around that? Well, well you know, th- th- this is a, a great question, Jeff. And, and when I when I fell right through the floor with my buddy and, and you know, three of us, four of us were affected real, real seriously from it. Um, I had been on the treadmill. So you can look at it two ways. You know, a little treadmill run shouldn't tire me out and then going to a fire. And if it does, I'm in big trouble. I have other issues. The second, I was warmed up, right? So to go on that call, you know, I fell, but I didn't get really injured. I had a stiff neck and back for about a week, but I wasn't you know, critically injured, I think, because of my conditioning. Um, another time I can remember specifically uh, a buddy of mine, Ken, and we were doing box jumps and we, we sat up in the back parking lot of the fire hall, like a shuttle system. Well, we got one ripper of a house fire and we were literally joking on the way to the call we're warmed up. Like we're literally sweating in our gear. Our muscles are warm. We're good to go. And you just, you get to the house. We actually stopped the house fire. What happened was there was a, there was a a pool, a cedar pool shed that caught on fire and it extended to the east trough and got into the ceiling, the roof of the house. And we stopped it, but we were so warmed up. Like we were ready to go. It was like, we're totally primed for the call. No, we didn't set it. Um, But uh, you know, it just, the way it happened, it was like, I was like, holy shit, man, like we're actually, we're warmed up. We're ready to go. So you look at it that way. I mean, we get a call. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You drop your stuff and you run on the truck and. So does that, does that like, especially somebody who's into fitness, does that affect your personal workouts? Because, um, I guess it's not like a super hard parallel, but like if I work out in the morning, I have to think about what am I doing the rest of the day and how much energy do I need to have for the rest of my day? Right. But on my days off, like I'm murdering myself in the gym. Cause I know I don't really have yep. to be like too physically. I don't have too many demands physically. So how do you work out trying to be a pro hockey player now trying to get a tryout, you know, with the higher levels, how do you go about your workouts when, you know, you might have to fight a fire in the middle of the day? So, I mean, what I do is in the fire department, so we work seven days a month, like 24 hours, right? So usually that day I go into work, I'll do a little workout in the morning. I'll do some cardio, I'll skip, right? Skipping rope or whatever. Um, I'll do some stretching. I'll do a light body part. I might do shoulders or I'll do abs and some mobility work. Um, But I don't train too, too hard at the fire hall anymore because my days off training are so 
they're so intense. And I always go to the rink after my night shift at fire. So we get off at seven, you know, six 30 quarter to seven. I usually get to the rink for seven 30. I'm on the ice at eight 15. The biggest thing for me is the hydration so that I don't injure myself, right? Pull a muscle, this and that. So, you know, if I had been at a fire all night and I was just sweating, 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 that's when I would notice it the most because now I'm going into a workout a little dehydrated. And as you guys know, when you're dehydrated, hammies like to go pop, all kinds of things can go pop. So, um, especially in the cold environment. So I'm, I'm really, really cognizant of that. And if it was anything, just, you know, if it was something crazy, I would just, just dial it back a bit, but I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I, I go pretty hard all the time. So I just know how to push my body and, what to do and what not to do when things start to feel tight or whatever. You know, if that was the case, if I was at a big call all night or something happens, I just, just dial it back a bit and uh, you know, we, we don't want to get injured. So. That's unbelievable. God, I, can't, I can't imagine <laughs> how much you're sweating and then you got to go like un, ungodly amounts of sweat and losing all of those electrolytes and then to wake up the next day and it's a training day. And I've watched your training videos for anybody who doesn't follow Kevin, like I follow him on LinkedIn. Uh, I also follow him on Instagram, like great follow. Uh, like literally like his stuff motivates me how hard, like he's, he's going those last couple of years, trying to, trying to keep that dream alive and find a spot. Um, really impressive that you would go from, you know, leaking fight to fire to training, to be a, trying to be a pro athlete the next day. That's unbelievable. Well, you, you know what? And I just, I keep it real basic. It's like you, you either, you do it or you don't do it. Right. And, and I don't like to use my age as an excuse ever. And I get pissed off when I don't get opportunities, maybe because of my age. So I try to dig in a little more and just, you know, make it up for it in other ways. Like, you know, I've, uh, I've managed to get to some personal goals on the ice Some things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to kind of push the envelope with a few things and I'm almost kind of where I want to be. And, um, you know, yeah, I just, I look at it and it's not a bucket list. Someone commented on a Twitter post the other week, which I don't read too much into this stuff, but they're like, Oh, bucket list. He just wants to do it a bucket list. It's like, well, it's been a five, six year bucket list. Right. So I've been, you know, I've been to Sweden. I played in the fed a bit. I had a, I went to main camp with rapid city rush in the East coast. I've had a couple other sniffs and some other phone calls recently. So it's just, you either do it or you don't. Right. There's no excuses, just results. And that's just the, the way I look at it and whatever I have to do. Hey, listen, pro hockey. Um, I'm sure you got a million stories riding the bus, traveling in planes, time zones, changes, lack of sleep, snoring roommates, shitty food, good food. Your legs are tight from the flight. Your legs are tight from the bus. You know what? Everyone's got their things to deal with. This is my reality. This is what I'm doing to try to make it right, make it better and make it happen for me. And it's just what I have to do. I accept it and, and, and you just go with it because, you know, no one cares. Just work harder. <laughs> no one so, cares. Just work harder. Right? I love that. <laughs> what it is, you know, that is, that is so true. Like, so as you're talking about this, this story and, and you're in your forties right now and, and you're still trying to play professional hockey, which, uh, which is awesome. And, and Jeff and I talk about, on this podcast a lot, how it's, uh, it can be very, very hard to be different than everybody else. And the elite 1% of the elite 1%, they're just different. They do things differently. Um, they're not afraid to do things differently. And I feel like we live in a world, again, you talked about Twitter and not paying attention to a lot of that, but we do live in a world where social media can shape a lot of what a kid or an adult for that matter thinks about themselves. And so I wanted to ask you, because I'm sure like people have seen your story and have kind of called you a Johnny go hard or Johnny try hard or like, been like, what's this guy doing? Like, it's just, it's, it's like, it's oh, yeah. or whatever. Like, so how do you get past, like, just not caring? Like, because I, for one, am it's been a weakness of mine for a long time. Like I do care probably a little bit too much about what people think. Um, and it goes up and down in different times and different things. And I think a lot of people struggle with that too. So like, how do you, and I think it's a great lesson for kids who are dealing with growing up in this social media revolution right now. 
um, and this comparative culture, how do you get past that? How, how do you have a goal, a singular goal, a thing that you want to do, have all these people be like, what is this guy doing? But just really not caring and just going about your business and doing it anyway. You guys are asking me great questions today. Honestly, like I, I, I'm really happy to be on here. It's such a good question. Tove, and where do I start? So I'll, t- I'll tell you why I started littering social media was I had an agent in Burlington, a well-known agent, um, and he was getting me some gigs, if you will, a song musician now, um, trying to get me tryouts. And they were like, did you say 75 or 85? And I was like, no, he's a 75. And they're like, they're like, no, no, no. So, you know, after, you know, six, eight months, a year of that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try something on my own. I'm going to try to start putting video out and trying to get some sniffs that way. But I kind of knew it was going to start coming maybe at a cost, you know, people chirp you and make memes and, you know, people are cruel. They they are, they, they hide behind the keyboard, but um, you know, how I, how, and it's happened all kinds of times, you know, but I get a lot of a good positive comments as well. So, and way more positive than, than the kind of derogatory and ignorant stuff. But um, you know, how I try to handle it is if, if someone, you know, they take a stab at me or chirp me or whatever, I just, I invite them to come out to train you know what no one's ever shown up <laughs> Love it. I offer to pay for the ice i'll bring i'll bring timmy's and i'll buy recce after and it's funny no one shows up so you know what you, you just have to take it for what it is and, and and you know you know maybe they're unhappy with what they're doing or what they haven't done in their life or maybe they've realized you know they missed an opportunity and they see someone doing it and you know, they, they get their, they get wound up about it. And you know what, I, I, I'd lie if I said it doesn't motivate me a bit, but I, I think when you're younger, the, the, the chatter, it, it motivates you more or it brings you down. And, you know, living in Toronto, the Toronto media is, uh, is ultra, they're good, but they're, uh, they're on the ball, if you know what I mean. And if you're not doing what they think you should be doing or if things aren't going well, they, they let you hear it. And I think that affects a lot of athletes. And I think you just have to learn um, to just ignore the noise and keep focused. And, and, you know, you know, in your heart, what you can do, right. Your teammates know what you can do. Your coaches know what you can do. You're close, like my skills coach, my skating coach, and I know what I'm capable of. So, you know, just keep it positive and, and just keep forging ahead. And just like, who cares about the noise? I, I tell all, all my guys, like, let the haterade fuel you, you know? Like, yeah, you want to hate? Like, I'll turn it into haterade, like Gatorade, but with yeah. an H. And let it fuel you. Let it, you know, think about things, those things when you're training. Think about those things when you're bag skating at the end or you're in a yeah. battle drill or you're, you know, you're going to lift the heaviest weight, a new PR that you've never gotten. Think about those people who doubt you and prove them wrong. And also, like, you know... I, that saying like I hated it back you know when it was massively popular YOLO because like people were using it as an excuse to like oh let's be idiots YOLO oh let's do drugs YOLO and, you like, only live once for the people yeah, who you don't only live know once what for, YOLO is yeah. <laughs> but like I mean I love it for like for motivation and and talking about people like you like yeah you know you might not achieve this goal you might not but you yeah. only live once. Why would you not try? You will never be able to look back at yourself if you didn't try. And what if you do make it? And and even if you don't make it, like look at all these new people that have come into your life to help you that you've learned mentors. Yeah. You're coming on, you know, one of the biggest podcasts of all time, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like all of these positive things come when you put your, your, your heart and soul on the line to achieve a goal. And whether you achieve it or you don't, you learn so many things and so many good blessings come to your life from being able to put yourself out there because so many people in this world are too scared to do it. So, I mean, I, I love what you're doing. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, and, and like I said, when I started to put all that stuff out there, well, I'll tell you, you know how I got my tryout in Rapid City, um, Jamie Rivers who used to play for the St. Louis Blues. Know him very well. Sent off some video. One of the nicest things anyone's ever done for me and, and sent it off to Rapid City. And, uh, you know, they obviously thought enough of it and, you know, to call me and give me a tryout. And I was like blown away. Like, 
like an F5 hurricane tornado or whatever. I, I was like, wow, someone actually did that for me. And, you know, um, so grateful for that. Right. Still to this day. And so when I look at it like that and, you know, I'd be lying if I, uh, if I didn't tune up the old Metallica St. Anger for the last round at the Muay Thai club and think about putting my <laughs> fist through, uh, <laughs> through the bag and picturing someone's face on it. But like, I tried to just use it. Like there's good energy and then there's negative energy, right? So you could, you could have all that, that hate, but you have to find a way to channel it to, you know, make yourself better. Yeah. And the other thing with that too, is, uh, you know, all of our experience that we have, especially when it's something as, as big as a goal of playing professional hockey is, um, as you're kind of going through the ups and the downs and Vex and I, we, we talk about this all the time. I feel like we've talked about it a lot is like, there's so, there's something so powerful about going all in on something. There's something so powerful about just having a goal and pushing your chips in. And are you going to achieve that? Who knows? If you have a big goal, probably not, <laughs> to be honest. Like you're probably yeah. not going to, and maybe you will. I mean, it depends on a lot of different things because achieving something as big as that is not just the things that are in your control. There's a lot of things out of your control that that go into it. But uh, again, just the it's so good for the soul to push your chips in and say, I'm committing to this, whatever it is. It could be music. It could be sports. It could be a relationship. It could be whatever it, but just there's something so amazing about just wholeheartedly with everything you have, putting everything into it. And, and I would have to imagine Kevin that in doing this, because you're still a fireman, you're still a paramedic and you go on your, your 24 hour shift. And then the next morning at 7am or whatever, you're back out on the ice training because you're pushing the chips in to be, to try and be a professional hockey player. And I just, what has that taught you? And like, what have you learned about yourself in going all in on this endeavor and, and how good has it been for you just personally, as you're going through this journey? Tommy hockey is very expensive. <laughs> That's true. And, and you know, I, I, it, it is though. It, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is, but Hey, listen, when I'm paying for ice and I do a crab crawl 200 feet at the end of my practice, I'm serious. You know, I'm not going out there trying to do this to play men's league. No, this is something that I take very seriously. And, and, you know, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't, but you know what? I sure won't get it if I don't do it. Right. So I'll take my chances and you know what? I, I know what I can offer. Like I said, if I can go and train after a 24 hour, and, and this is what I put into my own mind too. It's and other people can listen to this. If I can go train after 24 hours at work and some nights are good, some nights are bad, but if I can go and push myself, okay. And, and get better, incrementally better, keep pushing, pushing, pushing. How hard do you think it would be for me to play seven to 12 minutes per period and then go have a, 20 minute break and a Gatorade and a, you know, whatever you eat is an orange slice, come back out and do it again. Take another 20 minutes. Like, so that's how I break it down. And I look at it and I try to stay positive because it's like, I'm going for an hour after just being at work all day and all night and not running on the best rest. And maybe, you know, maybe I got a late call and I couldn't get that breakfast. And I like to, you know, if I'm in the fire hall, we have a good night. I try to eat around 6am. Well, we get a call at five 30 and now I got to leave the hall at seven to get to the rink. Chances are I'm maybe having a bile still shake on the way if I'm lucky. Right. So there's all those little factors too. I, I just try to becomes more of a mental game too. Right. Cause physically I'm in good enough shape to do it, but you have to be mentally strong too, just to be able to keep pushing. And you know, that's, that's how I try to look at that aspect and just try to, you know, attack it and that's where the music comes in and you know getting right into it and you know it's only an hour and then I can go home and go to bed it's not that hard (laughs) I love how you say it's not that hard because for the common man or woman that's that's hard and look, look like we live in in a weird age of excuses I feel like everybody's an excuse maker nowadays. Mm. And it's almost like 
people make excuses because they don't want to go all in on everything because they're afraid to put themselves out there. So they'll make excuses so they don't have to. Um, and they're blaming other people or they're blaming circumstances or experiences for, for not doing what you're doing. And I just think it's really cool, especially for the kids that are listening to this who have the same at maybe 12 or nine or 17 or 22 have the same dreams as you in your forties, you know, and you are not making any excuses. You work a full-time job. You work a 24-hour shift. You just talk about maybe being able to eat breakfast if you have a call at 5.30 and still going to the rink at 7 and giving it your all to be and just not worrying about any of the circumstances and just going all yeah. in on, on what you're doing. And so I just – I think that's a really important thing for for kids and, and me and Jeff and, and everybody is just like, hey, if you really truly want to do something and you want to commit to it, like just listen to this. Listen to what this guy does on a daily basis or a weekly basis to try and achieve a dream that some would say is unachievable. And I just like, so like, stop making excuses, you know, stop making excuses, stop blaming circumstances, stop blaming anybody else, look in the mirror. And if you really truly want to do something, like you said before, Kevin, do it, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> well, you know, like I, I look at it and it's like, you know, if I look at the progression from, you know, so, you know, two falls ago before COVID, I was at camp with a rush and, you know, I had a lot of great, you know, mentors there and Brent Sopel and some guys from the Iowa wild. And we had some really cool guys there teaching us and showing us stuff. And I thought, you know, I was the last guy cut on the Saturday guys kept showing up all week. So that was intimidating. Oh, hi. How, who are you? Where are you from? Oh, I was traded in the summer from Allen Americans. And now this guy's here on a, you know, on a, he signed a contract. I'm like, okay, this is going to be challenging for a free agent guy, but I'm like, I got to keep pushing. And, you know, I, I try to look at it and it's like, you got invited, you know, two years ago to an East coast camp, two years have passed, but you've also put in a lot of work in two years. So, you know, what have you improved on in two years? You know, COVID's obviously thrown a wrench in the plane. I, I got two games in with with uh, Port Huron, and then the, the season was shut down. Um, had two opportunities to go to Russia for VHL camps, couldn't go. Uh, you can't just show up on Russia's doorstep and saying, "Let me in," right? So there's another lost opportunity, but it is what it is. So you know, retool, refocus, adapt. You know, I always say, you know, adapt, evolve, and overcome. Right, like. You know, it's too bad I couldn't do those things more of, you know, but pandemic, you can't control. Uh, I couldn't get overseas for the tryout. You know, okay, I'm going to stay at home, I guess. The rinks are closed. Well, we had a rink down the street in the park. I'd get up at 7.30, 8 o'clock before the kids come and I would go do little, you know, it wasn't, it was like a 50 by 50 pad. So I couldn't do a lot, but I would do some little mohawking and, you know, do what I could out there, stick handling you know, you know, do what you can. I, I bought a bike. Um, I bought a, a spin bike for the house, a Schwinn, uh, an Airdyne bike. I put my hockey gear on and like beat the shit out of myself on the spin bike. Right. And like, I posted, a, I don't know if you saw it, Jeff, it was crazy. Guys were like, are you nuts? I'm like, I'm doing it. Right. <laughs> I'm feeling, Hey, listen, there's a difference when you put that gear on, it's hot. And I needed, I couldn't get to the rink. I didn't skate for like three and a half months. Like a lot of guys, like I need to feel the heat and the gear. Cause when you feel the heat in the gear and you're working that hard, you know, it can make you feel a little pukey. So I wanted to stay engaged in my head. Like I was on the bike, but on my head, like I was on the ice, you know, like I would play coaches by uh, who's the band that sings that song. The Bruins play it when they come out. Is it the uh, that, that or the the um, the Irish punk band, Dropkick no, Murphys? No, no, they're awesome. Um, Coaches, it's um, the band. The, the Bruins used to play. They would come out for warmups, and it was like killer songs. So I like I'd play that stuff, and I'd just get all you know all, all amped up on the bike, and I'm like, I gotta do, you know, I gotta do 20 cycles of like 2010, and that's that's my game or that's my period of play, and like I'm just you know you have to be obsessed with it to do better. I, I think, and I didn't want COVID to get in the way and I think I beat it. So I love, I love that. No excuse mentality. And, and Andy Frazella from first form has something he calls zero compromise mentality. 
And, you know, I just think that it's so important and you obviously can't do those things all the time, but the more you can live that way, if you have goals and you control what you can control, I think that's one of the most important things that we, we, we've said on the podcast in a while, because so many people come to me and, um, and I'm doing these guidance calls and advising calls now. And, and I hear a lot of like, wow, coach this, or this guy's on that line. And I'm like, you, you can't control any of the things you just told me. So how are you going to, how are how are we going to get you to be where you want to be? But you're only worrying about the things out of your scope, out of your control. And I go back to my career and I just think about how much I like worried about things that, you know, is this team going to sign me or what's going to happen if this guy gets healthy or hurt, or what's going to happen if this, or what's going to happen if that. And those are all, they mean nothing like control what you can control. And that's you being ready and healthy and all the things that, that you can control daily. And I just, every player, parent, coach, I hope you guys hear that because that is one of the most important things you can do to be successful because when things that are easily uh, come up, things that come up that are hard and you can easily make an excuse. Well, he controlled what he controlled. Couldn't skate. He rode the bike. Couldn't, couldn't do this. He did this instead like finding a way zero compromising. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I was, I was very fortunate through COVID I had access to a gym right at the fire hall. So whenever I was at the fire station, I could, I could work out and, you know, a good friend of mine owns a Muay Thai club I train at. So, you know, I, I was fortunate that way, but there's a lot of things that I couldn't do. I mean, obviously I couldn't get to the rink, the proper rink. And that was, that was a big thing, but I, uh, you know, I just made up for it in other ways and uh, you had to let the time pass. And that was out of your control. Like how many millions of people felt out of control, billions of people, right. Through the pandemic, like, and people way worse off than we'll ever be or know. So, you know, in the big scheme of things, yeah, we're, we're talking focused on hockey here and, and goals and dreams with, with regards to hockey, but a lot of people had it a lot worse than, than not going to the hockey rink. So, you know, kind of small potatoes considering the times, but, and um, like I said, focusing on what we're focusing on. Yeah. You, you have to just adapt and, and figure it out. Cause you know what, if you don't do it, there is someone out there doing it. What was that saying? It was something adapt and overcome that you said earlier. Well, you know what I say, you know, adapt to your situation, right. Evolve. So figure out Evolve, what you have that to was it. Yep. Okay. Oh, overcome that situation so you know it's just a I sound like some sort of come to my seminar guy adapt evolve and overcome but it's it's Tony Robbins, there you go <laughs> so you know I, I don't know I, I just try to keep it simple and you know look at your situation you know where are you what do you want to do to get better and in my case it was like okay I need to do everything to get better I, I don't want to have a wee chink in the armor and then you know I was always a quick skater so I'm like okay I'm going to become faster all right I got my lap time to 13.56 and that that isn't how I necessarily gauge my my overall speed but you know for me that's something that I you know when I do do it and I set a new time or I you know okay what I'm doing is working because my explosive starts are working my crossover is working my my height my uh you know, the level I skate at is working. My arm pumping is working. So those, th- those things are working. Okay, what else do I need to work on today? I touched on some things with my skating coach that, you know, skating is not a natural thing for most people. So you really have to always hone in on it, make it more efficient, make it so it's easier. When your skating's good, the game's more fun, right? And then you don't burn out as much. So, you know, always critiquing yourself in a positive way, making notes, watching video, you know, just trying to get incrementally better every day. So I love that. Just such great wisdom for anybody trying to be the best they can be, reach their potential, whatever it may be. I think uh, those are, those are wise, wise words. And and we appreciate you coming on here to, to talk about it with us. And, you know, before we let you go, uh, I, I was introduced to you through um, your documentary that you did. Um, which is called Relentless. And so if you can, just talk a little bit about what the documentary is in, in kind of following your journey and where people can find it. And, and uh, I think after this podcast, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to see it. So um, fire away. Yeah, so I'll just, I'll touch on quick how the documentary um, came to be in the first place. So uh, a couple articles done on me in the Toronto Sun up here in, in, in Toronto. And uh, a guy from Hollywood Suite in Toronto, it's a production company, um, read the article. 
And then he approached me, he messaged me through LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, when I first got the email, I was like, what's this all about? So we set up a phone conversation, chatted, met for lunch. And I wasn't quite sure about it at first because I thought, you know, I'm a hockey guy, I'm a firefighter, a paramedic. Like, I don't want these guys following me around. Like, what are guys at the rink going to think? Like, they want to come to my workplace and all kinds of, and, you know, it was going to be pretty, pretty all in thing invasive in some ways. Um, I thought about it for a few days and then I said, you know what? Let's, let's give it a go and we'll, we'll see how it goes. And it just, it really just evolved. And, uh, you know, they were with me for about three and a half years. I mean, there's a lot of footage that did not make it to the, to the end product so far, but, um, yeah, it was just a great experience, completely like totally professional. Um, we had a lot of fun and, and formed some good friendships too outside of work. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a story that hopefully people can relate to. Like if you have a goal and dream, just not to give up to find a way to get the job done. And, you know, this relates to hockey, obviously, and things that I went through, but, um, I hope people can draw, you know, parallels to my story and, and just, um, apply it to their situation, whatever it may be and, and have fun succeed. So. it's awesome. Yep. For sure. Well, Kev, thanks so much for taking the time to hop on with us today. I think uh, your story is a, a very, very inspirational one and, and best of luck on your journey, man. I mean, um, I know it's, it's not easy and, and takes a lot, obviously, from the conversation that we've had here today, but keep pushing those chips in and doing what you love and, and uh, we're, we're rooting for you. So hopefully everything works out and uh, anything that we can do to help along the way, you let us know. Much appreciated, guys. All right. Thanks a lot.